Guten Tag, everybody. Welcome to Hybrid Theory, a podcast dedicated to bringing simplicity and cinematic style to tabletop role-playing games, regardless of genre, system, or preconceived notions. I'm Hugh Rot Johansson, and I look forward to exploring new ways of thinking and hacking games to bring a new level of enjoyment to your gaming table. Hey everybody, thanks for tuning into the Hybrid Theory Podcast. My name is Hugh Jarrett Johansson, and today's episode is going to be a continuation of my Hybridizing 5E series, in which I take rules from the hybrid role-playing game and implement them in the 5th edition Dungeons & Dragons game that I'm currently directing to resolve an issue or solve a problem that I'm having by running that system. With all the preliminary whys and hows of implementing the hybrid rules as the psionic rules in my 5e game covered in previous episodes. This episode is going to be the first of four rundown episodes in which I go through and briefly describe the default aspects for the game. Now, recalling that all supernatural abilities in the game are referred to as aspects, all the traditional psionic abilities within 5th edition and previous editions of Dungeons & Dragons are actually kind of re-categorized into four different types of aspects in the hybrid game, and that's how they're going to be referred to in the implementation. Uh, Specifically, there are biokinetic, mentalic, telekinetic, and correspondent aspects. Biokinetic aspects enable a character to affect or perceive the biological functions of a target. Mentalic aspects enable a character to affect or perceive the mentalic functions or mental functions of a target. Telekinetic Aspects enable a character to affect matter and energy within a single timeline. And the correspondent aspects enable a character to perceive or travel through time or space without perceiving or traveling the space in between. Now, before we get started, I'd also like to go through a couple of terms that you're going to hear again and again. And um, the first of these terms is the term to assert. The term assert is very simple enough. It's basically to use an aspect. Whenever an aspect is used, it's asserted. So you would use a telekinetic aspect or you would assert a mentalic aspect. Um, this term is actually used not just by me and by players, but it's actually used by NPCs from the psionic city of Brigidoon. Uh, they see these abilities very distinct from magic. And they use these scientific terms and aspect names themselves and the term assert in their normal conversation. It's a very meta thing and this meta terminology is actually what I'm one of the things I'm going to be using to give kind of a novel feel to these abilities and so when the players hear these terms they're going to be like these NPCs are using these game terms and that's going to going to create a wow moment or give a unique novel feel that a makes these NPCs feel different from normal characters and b it's going to make them understand that these people treat psionics as a different ability for separate from magic. The next term that I want to discuss is assertion signature. Now, whenever one of the aspects that we're going to discuss over these next couple of episodes is used on a sentient living creature, then what ends up happening is it actually leaves an impression or a fingerprint. And this fingerprint is referred to as an assertion signature. And what this means is that characters that have certain aspects that allow them to look for these signatures can actually use them and identify the asserter of one of these aspects. And that's very important because, one, it gives a unique flavor and kind of a psychological feeling to the game, which is something that I want to capture. And the other thing is it provides accountability to the use of an aspect. If an NPC 
uses one of these aspects, then that's something that the PCs can investigate. They can hire someone that can determine an assertion signature, or if these players decide that they want to create a character that has some of these abilities, then they can use that as well as a handle to kind of investigate and drive the story along and keep psionics different and interesting and as a more active collaborative, dynamic story element instead of sort of a, oh, this is an ability everybody has, like magic usually represents in most 5th edition campaigns. The final term I want to discuss is cost. Now, I've talked about this term before. Uh, the term cost is generally used when creating a character to purchase aspects for the character. But we also use the term cost when being used as it's a cost of hit points to use the aspect. Now, aspects of this nature that we're going to discuss are assumed to work on a quantal, real-world level that follow the laws of thermodynamics, or energy. So what that means is to use them requires a great amount of energy expenditure to do. So what happens is whenever a character, non-player character or player character, uses one of these abilities, they actually have to tax themselves and spend hit points in order to use the ability. And this number of points is determined by the actual cost of the aspect. So the term cost is used for both the process of purchasing the aspect as well as during play. So with those terms kind of out of the way, let's go ahead and get started with our rundown. Now, the first group of biokinetic aspects I like to think of as the life aspects, and they are end life, lend life, and rend life. And all these aspects, what they enable uh, the character to do as transfer hit points or move hit points around. The first one of these is to end life. And to end life is basically to kill a target. You subtract their hit points. It's like a standard attack. You know, you use the aspect and you drain them. That many, They take that many hit points of damage and that's it. Very simple. The next aspect is the lend life aspect. And the lend life aspect enables the character to actually take their own hit points and transfer them to another target. Finally, there is the rend life, and the rend life enables the character to actually take hit points from another character and apply it to themselves. So those three aspects are all used to manipulate hit points, basically. The next set of aspects are ones I like to think about as condition aspects, and these allow you to affect the condition of a character. And the first one is Funny enough, arrest condition. And this one enables a character to stop a certain condition that's being applied temporarily. So like, let's say a potion is affecting and making you blind or is making you poisoned or one of those other conditions listed in the player's handbook, it stops that condition cold and the character is back to normal. The next one is the metabolic control aspect. And this aspect enables the character to ignore food, water, oxygen, or the need to excrete wastes for 24 hours, as well as the need for sleep. So the tired condition no longer works, the starving condition, all these conditions where a biological function would affect the character's ability to carry out tasks are all affected by this metabolic control aspect. The next aspect is the augment aspect, and this enables a character to temporarily increase a physical aspect, and this aspect enables a character to cause the target's skin to reproduce very, very quickly and re 
resist a certain type of damage. So X is damage reduction. Uh, the next aspect is the devolution aspect. This one enables your character to, or a character rather, to devolve a target. And so for a human, for instance, if the human had mentalic aspects, the first attack would remove and eliminate all mentalic aspects. Temporarily, of course, they eventually come back. The next one is the mental functioning as abilities, which is like intelligence, wisdom, and charisma. All of those are immediately reduced to zero. And then finally, the third attack actually physically transforms the target creature into a life form from which they evolve further up on their evolution chain. So for instance, a human would get evolved to a lemur. Um, one of the lizard folk would get evolved to a chameleon. And a yuan tea would be evolved to a snake. So those are the kind of things. And this is a temporary thing. This isn't permanent. It's just a temporary thing because what happens is the DNA of the target eventually kind of resets when the aspect is no longer asserted and it goes back to its steady state. So the next one is the regenerate aspect. And this enables uh, the character to actually regenerate either organs or a lost limb from a target. And finally, we have the thermal tolerance aspect, which enables the character to tolerate extreme ranges in temperature from 0 to 100 degrees Celsius. And it also acts as damage reduction from either cold or hot fire damage. Uh, finally, the last group of aspects we have are the defensive aspects. They're reactive aspects. They act as reactions work in the 5th edition game. And there are two of them. There's resist and biofeedback. Uh, the only difference really between them, in terms of functionality, they do the same thing, but the difference is that resist enables uh, a character to automatically defend themselves against any biokinetic aspect that's used against them. Whereas the biofeedback aspect not only allows them to defend, but actually ricochet or re- focus the attack so that it bounces off them as a sort of a feedback or resonation, reson you know, resonance, and it resonates back in the target and they suffer the effects of their own attack. So basically they have to attack themselves, it attacks themselves instead of the character that's asserting the aspect. And so thus are, thus, those are the 12 aspects from the biokinetic aspect group. Uh, our next episode, we will discuss the mentalic aspects. Until then, take care. So with our discussion of the biokinetic aspects out of the way, I want to thank you all for tuning in. Stay tuned next episode when we discuss the mentalic aspects and compare some differences and similarities between the biokinetic aspects we just discussed and the mentalic aspects that we're going to discuss in that aspect, in that episode. Until then, have a great day. and We'll talk to you soon. Stay safe, everyone. Take care. Bye. Well, that's about all I have for you for this episode. Uh, I'd like to thank you all for taking the time to listen, and I sincerely hope that uh, there was something here that was inspiring for you and something you can take back to your own gaming table to really kick up the excitement a notch and uh, make it your own. Uh, remember, whenever you're, uh, you find a rule system that stifles you or you feel restricted in some way, there's nothing wrong in a tabletop role-playing game. Flipping the script. Uh, until next time, keep on gaming, everybody. Take care. This has been a Hybrid Theory production. Intro music and outro music, Kiefer by Ahmad Judah.